My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Phase Zero Episode 34 starts now. Welcome to the best MCU show in the whole damn world. I do declare. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by our wonderful host who ran the show last week for us, Jenna Anderson. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Great job on last week's show. The comment section agreed. The Twitterverse agreed. The podcast download numbers agreed. Jenna killed it. Uh, we also have back on the program, Charlie Ridgely. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I miss is. you guys. There he is. And we also have today, borrowing him from Comic Book Nation's own, Matthew Aguilar. What up? By the way, can I say <laughs> that second song is crunchy as hell. It's like two thousands hip hop energy and feeling it. That was. It reminds. It's. It, it, I got the, like that that drumline stuff going on. Like it's ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> it's like David Banner energy. I dig it. The podcast listeners will never know. Will never know the 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 countdown music <laughs> and how epic it is. Uh, but one day, maybe we'll release like a phase zero rap album set to that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> musical episode. Uh, we have a cool show today. We're going to run through some big MCU news. We're going to have a debate. And I think we're all we, we have not rehearsed this debate at all. But I do believe we are fully going to land divided on this debate today. We have some big MCU news. Venom's MPAA rating has everybody pissy. Uh, we have news. <laughs> what is episode four? We're going to save the spoilers for the end of the show. First, we have a couple of big announcements. All right. I'm very, very excited about these announcements. People have been tweeting at us, trying to get it out of me. I wouldn't even tell my mother. <laughs> I called my mom and I told her this news and she uh, she was wearing her mask, but I saw how wide-eyed she got and I was like, this is big. This is good. Uh, so first of all, we have two announcements. The first announcement is that this Friday, at a time which is TBD, we will be recording our Shang-Chi bonus episode, full spoilers, deep dive into the First Marvel movie in phase four, which is also set in the future of the MCU and not the past. It's a great movie. It comes out on Friday. Highly recommend watching it. I adore this film. Our second announcement, which I'm very, 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 very excited about, much more than the bonus episode, which I am already very excited for, is that next Wednesday, live on phase zero, right here, and in podcast form all around the world, whenever you can listen to it at your best convenience, will be Shang-Chi himself, Simu Liu, joining the podcast. I'm so hype about this. This is the best news ever. Uh, and I hope the comment section lights up right now because I, I need the energy. I'm so excited. This is this is this is this exciting. Um, when you told me it the other day, I like screamed for a solid five minutes. So the comment section seems to agree. They're very hyped right now. But yeah, that is just going to be so much fun. The I question the, is then, who did Brandon not tell? You just said you didn't tell anybody. And you've he, he didn't tell me. His, his mom told me. <laughs> I found out from Brandon's mom. She FaceTimed me when he got off the phone. So I know she was excited because she and I talked about it for a little while. Listen, listen, all right. I didn't tell I didn't tell Twitter, and to me, they are everyone. 
Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love this. Look at this. Look at this uh, comment. So this is why we love you guys. They're they're sharing my excitement. They're not making fun of me. These are my. That's why they're my people. Okay. You you you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I told. I sat there. I got the email that said Simu is confirmed for the podcast. I was at Eleanor's house with her family, and I like screamed. Like I made out like a like a. Have you ever seen the movie Accepted with Jonah Hill? When the skeleton falls through the ceiling at the old college and he lets out that squeal, he's like, that was me in that moment. So that is such a specific reference. That was, that was the last time any podcast brought up accepted. Mm-hmm. I love how Jim's already taking credit for it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Jim did text me and say, check your email. That did happen. Uh, because I was I was busy doing other work. All right, Jim. Anyway, so that's the excitement. That's the exciting news. Hold on, I gotta tweet this. I got to let everybody know. Yeah. Boom. It's tweeted. I had the tweet typed already. I just waited to announce it on the show. All right. Like a week and a, a week and a half tweet, just like sitting and like you stare at it, like trying to, you want to click it every day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I desperately, desperately wanted to click it every day. No, none of you three have seen Shang-Chi yet, right? No, I'm going tomorrow. Uh, I have tickets to see it tomorrow night. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> You, I think we're going to the same theater there, Choo Choo Charlos. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Enough about our exciting <laughs> announcement. We're all excited, but now you're here for the news. Uh, we're going to start with a debate, and I think this one's going to get heated because Daredevil is one of pretty much the most universally beloved things Marvel has ever done. The Netflix show on the very first episode of Phase Zero, we sat here and we said, yo, Charlie Cox is back. Uh, and it went everywhere and I didn't expect it to be such big news, but it was, uh, and I'm proud. I'm actually happy that happened because it definitely helped the podcast grow on its first day. Uh, but now Spider-Man no way homes trailer has released and everybody's kind of back on the daredevil debate. So it had our Adam Barnhart comic book.com's resident daredevil Stan, who we probably should have had on the show for this, but, um, no looking back, but listen, I, I, uh, I mean, this debate is fully fueled by an article he wrote. And I, 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 you know, when, when, when Aaron wrote an article, he became a regular on the show. So, so I'm sorry, Adam. Uh, but we have Charlie, Matt and Jenna today, and we're going to do you justice. I promise we're going to make you proud. You're going to, you're going to get mad at some of us. And I think it's me. The question for the day, when Marvel studios inevitably brings Charlie Cox into the MCU as Matt Murdock slash daredevil, should they also bring the Netflix shows continuity or should they reboot the story? I have a hard stance on this, and I'm, I know it's a, I know it's controversial, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna save it for uh, for last because Charlie, you're up at the top of the screen. You're first. Okay, well, for the person who is normally the one with the controversial stuff to say and, and the, <laughs> the very strong opinions, um, I am kind of in the middle on this. Like I'm weirdly okay with all of it and or none of it i think that it's one of those case by case things like i think that charlie cox needs to come back as daredevil i think it'd be it'd be weird to bring in somebody else as daredevil other than charlie cox he's he's perfect for the role everyone loves him in the role and not to say that this there's anything different with those other characters but daredevil is so much more essential to a lot of marvel continuity you know more so than certainly iron fist and you know maybe jessica jones luke cage you know has some more goings on with other characters but daredevil's kind of key with a lot of the new york based characters and i think cox needs to be back and i really think if we're going to bring cox back we're going to do daredevil stuff i think vincent d'onofrio has to come back as kingpin he's so good at it he's so 
good at it. And, but I think beyond that, it's a case by case thing. If someone is, you know, if someone's busy and can't do it, or doesn't want to do it, you know, or they just decide maybe we don't want Finn Jones anymore, which I think might be fair. Like you don't have to, I think it's one of those, like they can kind of do whatever they want because Marvel can do whatever they want. And it doesn't matter what other people have done in the past. Marvel can just make their own rules. So I think it should go case by case. I'd love to see Jessica Henwick back, honestly, more than anybody, um, regardless of what they do with her character continuity. But, you know, I, I leave it up to, to Kevin Feige and them to decide. But I think beyond uh, we're Cox, making the decision case for them right now. Thing. We're making the decision right now. They, they, they have to so go both is reason. my answer, I guess. Okay. So wait, what was your, you talked a lot. Both. What was the final? You said both. All of that. Said, just kind of do, do a case by case thing. Bring back Charlie Cox. The rest of it can kind of, how it fits, how it doesn't. No, you we're talking need... all or nothing. Do you want the canon or do you want a reboot? Can I have Charlie Cox without the rest of the canon? That would be a reboot. Wait, okay, what though? That's what I'm trying to say is like a reboot, but also not. Like what, like like what that... J.K. Simmons is in Spider-Man No Way Home. Sure. Okay. Matt, what do you think? Incorporate the story that everybody watched through three seasons and Defenders and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage or Starfresh? Um, I kind of, and I, I don't like to feel his ego already, but I, I agree with Jim in the comments. Um, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's probably, I want to keep the actors like, and the same goes for like Mike Coulter is Luke Cage. Like I want to keep those people, but I am okay with doing the whole MCU. We cherry pick things and pick across and kind of that's what i was trying to say which is way yeah, too many but it words took you like 20 minutes to get i know I, I was getting fire. there i was getting there i've <laughs> never been known for being short-winded so, but here's the thing though I, i'm all about I said stage for you right i'm all about practicality right so i don't like the reddit theory too much so here's the thing legally can they actually bring over the canon and stuff like i know they can bring over they can cast whoever they want as these people and they have the rights to the characters in film and tv but can they actually bring they can't right I, I think that's actually a part of like they can't just pick up without having to pay netflix some kind of money and i imagine they don't want to like i don't know how that works legally I, they could essentially just not passed. address it like, well, I it's one thing to use the characters but to actually pick up storylines and like you like use all the things that they built with netflix i don't i don't know that like that's i don't know if they can legally just pick up everything they just have the character rights correct i don't i don't know how that works I don't know. I don't know how the legal legality of it works. Can do that. But what I'm saying is, you can just not address it. Like Charlie Cox and um, the, his buddy, they can just be friends. You don't have to give their backstory. I forgot. I'm blanking on his name from Mighty Ducks. Um, like they they can just be friends, and you don't have to talk about it. You know, he can just know who Jessica Jones is, and they can have the past relationship from Netflix. You never really have to go with it. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just assumed, you know? Nah, nah. Jenna, what do you think? <laughs> See, I agree with what Charlie is saying. That was about exactly what I was going to say. Someone asked me this on Twitter over the weekend, and the, the word I used was, like, canon adjacent, of, like, I would compare it as closely to the Suicide Squad referencing Suicide Squad, of you didn't necessarily have to have seen the original movie to appreciate why the characters were there, but if you did see both, there was still something there. I think the way that Daredevil and Kingpin and all of these other characters could be used, there isn't really enough time in real state to flat out say like oh and by the way here is all of daredevil's history and it's completely different from what was in the netflix first like i don't think there's necessarily that is even going to necessarily come up so i would be fine with it being a thing where 
it's like it it doesn't counteract anything that was previously established, but it more is just these characters are here. They maybe look a little bit different. He maybe has a different costume, and then we just kind of move forward from there. I'm I'm team reboot. I, I like I like the cherry pick. I like the that the fact that you know you all want to take what's good and what and leave what's not, which is exactly what I want to do. But that means you can't, you like you can't mess up the continuity. The MCU doesn't have perfect continuity, but Kevin Feige and the whole team there they make such an effort to tell these stories. I think you can have a Daredevil universe where it's a separate canon, but it, like you you get to do Daredevil stories, you get to do Luke Cage stories, you get to do Iron Fist stories. Because if you loosely tie Daredevil knowing, like Matt Murdock knowing Jessica Jones, but we, but you want to leave Finn Jones behind, I don't right. see how you can kind of like leave out somebody or somebody's and then just have this kind of story that keeps up. Like you either take all of it. I mean, we've never talked about Betsy Ross once in the MCU since the Incredible Hawk. I think that like we can just yeah, ignore that to. Finn Jones exists. I'm pretty That's sure we're easier. about to. I mean, I mean yeah, we might, but it's been, it's been level, to be fair, 12 years. Iron I'm fist. just saying. Iron <laughs> fist is, I mean, you listen, don't need to talk thing, about And that's the thing is that that's why nobody watches The Incredible Hulk when they do an MCU marathon. I like The Incredible Hulk. I watch it. Who doesn't nobody, watch Incredible Hulk when you do an MCU marathon? Listen, I, I don't. Who, I don't <laughs> see anybody putting respect on The Incredible Hulk like it deserves because they recast Ed Norton and they don't talk about Betsy Ross, but they brought in William Hurt and they brought in... They're bringing back abomination. Anyway, my point is this: that and but that's the thing. Is in the incre- case of the Incredible Hulk, we haven't talked about Betsy Ross, but they have embraced it as canon. That mo- that movie does count to the MCU. Right, right. Everybody from that movie, except for Ed Norton, who was recast and given the same story to another character, the same way Terrence Howard was given to Don Cheadle's version of War Machine, counts. In the case of the Netflix shows. They're not going to bring all that. They want to redo Iron Fist, I'm sure. I believe. I don't. Be- I, I believe they want to properly get some Kunlun stuff. They want to like get like I love a, so probably eighty percent of what was on Netflix. And I don't hate Iron Fist as much as everybody else does. But then again, I tend to like things more than most people. But I think you got to do it. You got to do it fresh. I think that's why Daredevil's going to get a new costume in the MCU. I think that's why. They're like this is so he's got you could do the variant thing. Loki just introduced the way to do it. You can have that universe out there. We can visit it at some point. We can acknowledge it exists. But I mean, I want more John Bernthal Punisher, Charlie Cox, Daredevil, uh, Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones, Mike Coulter, Iron Fist. But I don't want all of that that stuff to convolute stories and limit what we can do, like with Kingpin and with other characters right. uh, under under the MCU's reign. I think that there's a real opportunity to do something special, but also not disrespect those. And that calls for starting fresh. Like we did with JK Simmons as J Jonah Jameson. Right. And unfortunately we can't have both. Like I, I used the word both earlier, but not in this way. Like we can't just have a continuation of what Netflix was doing in its own separate from the MCU, like that, that, that bridge is, or that ship has sailed, like that bridge right. has collapsed. There is no way to just keep doing those shows as their own thing anymore, which is kind of unfortunate because I think they did have a good thing going that felt different from the rest of the MCU and could stand alone. But obviously with Disney plus and contracts and stuff, that's just, that's gone now. Did I say Mike Coulter as Iron Fist? You did. You did. I was going to let it go. You also uh, said Betsy Ross in the comment section has kind of acknowledged yeah. that. Well, <laughs> I, need to, I need to come back around. I did say Betsy Ross. Yeah. The com- I really need to just let the comments know that I do know Foggy Nelson's name. I was trying to think of Elder Henson, <laughs> and I felt bad because I talked to him like a few months ago for 
um, for Mighty Ducks. And I was like looking at his face in my head and I could not think of Eldon Henson. So I, I do know that it's foggy. I just said Charlie Cox and, that's, uh, and I was trying to think amazing. of Eldon Henson's name. My, he does not have biggest, an easy name to remember. I'm sorry. My biggest thing with the, with the reboot angle is there's just no way that after so long of not having these characters to be able to use that Marvel goes, oh yeah, we're not going to do another Elektra introduction story. Like we're not going to mess with bull. Like there's so many things those shows have touched on, like iconic things that there's no way Marvel wants to go. Yeah. Well, we can't do those. This is already done. Like, right. No. Like, MC, like they want to, they want those iconic moments of those characters in the MCU. Cause that's what, like, that's what resonates with fans of those characters. So there's no way they're going to pass up on it. And if they acknowledge all the stuff that's come before their hands are already tied with like several big things. And to me, there's just no way. Like, there's no way they're missing out on it. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest reason why I think it's going to have to be like variants. It's a reboot. It's the same cast for the most part, if not entirely. But you, they're going to start over because they don't want to have to have their hands tied by a canon they did not make themselves. Yeah. Comment section is pretty divided. I think I see a lot of people agreeing with some sort of reboot at a minimum. Uh, but yeah, anyway, all right, let's get to the news. We can talk more about this later if you want to in the comment section or you can tweet us. Uh, at Brandon Davis BD, at Hey, it's Jenilyn, at Charlie Ridgely, and at Matt Aguilar CB. We will talk to you guys anytime. Use hashtag phase zero uh, and follow the Twitch channel if you're watching live. Anyway, we're going to talk about the news. And starting with the news, we have another show that we want to talk about first. Matthew Aguilar, take us home. What up? So uh, we're going to talk about Moon Knight. Uh, because I know Jim's like lurking on like two different accounts. He's like, I know. Kevin all of a sudden. he's got like burners and stuff. Like whatever. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, I am going to be standing in for the, for the moon night love here. Uh, of course, our good friend, Mark Ruffalo, who is always at the center of things. It feels like with the MCU, uh, was spotted on the set, not on the set. He was spotted in the same general area for the same hotel as Oscar Isaac, which who of course is playing Moon Knight and they are filming Moon Knight. So obviously people put two and two together and go, hey, does the Hulk have some kind of role in this? Uh, you know, there's not like a ton. I mean, it's not a character that you immediately think of when you think of Moon Knight. You go, oh yeah, Incredible Hulk. Um, but there actually have been, there was like one uh, really kind of fun fight uh, back in the uh, Carol Danvers Miss Marvel days. I still got Cap in here. Um, just wanted to shout that out. And uh, there was actually a fun fight between them where he actually did not get pwned. You would think he would, but he did not. He actually held his own a little bit uh, before getting like thrown into a car. But like, so I'm, I'm interested to see if like there's a, I'm more interested to see if there's like a smart Hulk type of thing where they actually like they're, they're talking and not necessarily like a Hulk battle. I don't think that would happen, but I am interested to see those two characters interact just talking just because i mean that's that part of mark specter excites me so that's kind of what i hope from this i hope there is some sort of cameo though he could also just be on set and just chilling like i I mean you know it does make sense when you think about like the mcu hulk and like having he had multiple personalities essentially he had the hulk living within him and if mark specter is trying to understand more about himself and how his mind is working like Maybe he approaches Hulk. He's like, what you're doing is nothing what I did, but we can talk about it for a second. And, you know, <laughs> it at least like canonically makes sense. Right. Because I really want to see Bruce Banner and the Hulk be separated again. I want Rage Hulk, not Professor Hulk anymore. Yeah. Uh, I hope that I hope that uh, Bruce Banner is back to therapist mode like he was in the Iron Man 3 post credit scene. And he's helping uh, he's helping Moon Knight get through it. 
Cardigan Hulk is the hottest Hulk we've had so far, and you want that to go away? There's a lot of smart Hulk cake, by the way, in the comments. Which I'm one? My brain is not alone. Hulk in a cardigan. Yeah. Bro, I don't give. I don't care what he looks like. He's a bad Ooh. version of the Hulk. I don't want it. I smart Hulk rules. Oh my God! The, the end game Hulk is send out hot. The Hulk. end game no. Hulk is the worst devices. Hulk in the MCU. Hulk, no. hands it's down. the best Hulk. Best Hulk. Endgame Hulk is the sat like the most boring version of the Hulk. And he that's brought like one tacos, BD. How do you hate someone who brought people tacos? BD is not like prefer- Thor either, so it's oh fine. Even even Professor Hulk saw the cool Hulk go by and realized he had to imitate him. Someone call the garbage. Man. This is this is more divisive than the Daredevil conversation. Like we were way more in agreement about yeah. that than we are with this. Oh my god! But no, I completely agree. Like it is such a weird idea to potentially have Ruffalo in this show. Like I don't know how it could work. I also like it's too much of a coincidence for him to have just been on vacation right. in Budapest and he just happens to stay in the same hotel. So like there has to be something there. But I, have I mean, no famous idea people are friends though. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. Like, we might be reading a little too much into this situation, but, like, if he does cameo in the show, I'm really curious to see how they make that work. Because on a narrative level, I feel like there's a lot of ways you could go since they are so disconnected in the comics most yeah, of the time. Right, yeah. Do you think you've to a point in the MCU where they're willing to just, like, hey, Mark, go hang out with Oscar for a day. Just for no other reason. Just go see the set because people are going to freak out about it. You like, know, I would believe just that. Just sending more. people different places for mm-hmm. no reason at all. To Jenna's point, who's like, who the hell is just hanging out at that specific hotel in Budapest? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. 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 All right. Next up, Spider-Man. Yes. So a report has come out that says the Spider-Man No Way Home runtime is reportedly two hours and 30 minutes. Um, This comes from a listing on Cineworld, which probably might have just been a placeholder, like we're not 100% sure. But at the moment, until we hear otherwise, this is what people are regarding to be the runtime of the movie. So what does everyone think about this? Because I feel like two and a half hours almost feels like enough to cover everything that they want to cover. But like after Endgame, I'm almost wishing that they would push it closer to three hours because I feel like there's so much canon that is going to be in this movie. So it's like the longer the runtime, the better. I'm with you. The longer, the better. Up, up until a certain point, I think two and a half hours is a really nice sweet spot, especially for how much they're trying to put into this movie. Um, but I'm about to sit through almost three hours of Dune tomorrow. So... <laughs> I mean, we'll see how I feel about long movies after that. I'm, a, <laughs> you know, Endgame made three hours fly by, but Blade Runner twenty forty nine made me feel don't, every minute. Don't start a fight. I'm like, don't. don't we've already got don't like. Start a fight. We don't need a second fight about Blade Runner twenty forty nine because I will I disagree could, with you on that. So, oh, I, I, will, I will fight you with my it. fist for Denis. I love Denis. I think he's great. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was not my favorite movie. I'll anyway, we're talking MCU. We're, we're simple. We're simple MCU people. Okay, we don't talk about big artsy actual <laughs> cinema here. Um, <laughs> you you brought Denis into this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also, what do you think of two and a half hours? Let's just talk about John Watts. Multiple what do you think about two comments, and a half hours? Multiple people in the comments wanted to be two twenty six. I just want to acknowledge that because Lizard two twenty six. Lizard two twenty. It's it's too long, but they're doing so much in the movie that it feels necessary. I think they're doing too much in the movie. So that's why I think it feels long because I want them to do a lot less than I think they're doing, but for what they're doing, it seems like two and a half is probably what you need. Um, I just like a movie. Yeah. I'm (laughs) let's let someone else talk about Spider-Man. I'm not ready yet. (laughs) 
Oh, you want me to talk about Spider-Man? I'm the resident, like, evidently Spider-Man hater. Uh, I'm, I'm, look, I just want him in the movie. Can I just get him in the movie for 10 minutes? That'd be great. No, you can't. That'd be, that'd be awesome. If I can get him in his own self-titled feature for more than 45 minutes, I'll be happy, man. I don't care if it's three hours or, or two. He will never be, be on five. screen without another I'm, Avenger. <laughs> I'm good. Y'all are haters. <laughs> I prefaced it, by the way. I was clear oh, yeah. from yeah. the get-go. This, that's a whole other conversation, the, the conversation about Spider-Man and his, his, his MCU mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I, I sure it's some it. kind of legal rule, like they have to have someone in there for Marvel and Sony and stuff. But I it's mean, exhausting. Listen, I, have, I think I've said, on, I don't think you guys were on this episode, but I have said on here, I'm, I very much want a Spider-Man movie that is Spider-Man in New York, with Spider-Man villains. I mean, you could have other characters pop in because that happens in comics all the time, but he also like can solve problems on his own. So I want that. That said, I think it's cool to see Doctor Strange in this movie. I don't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with the Tony Stark stuff. Robert Downey Jr. got paid like a gazillion dollars for like four minutes of screen time <laughs> in Homecoming. So like you can't even really say that he was all over the movie, but he was. I get it. Anyway, I like it. Anyway, all right, Charlie, another Spider-Man is Spider-Man time. adjacent. Something I'm so much more excited for than No Way Home. Sorry <laughs> to everyone. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is, it seems like actually coming out. The poster said October 15th. So it seems like they're planted because how much farther can they push it um, before no one cares anymore? We're already reaching that point with a lot of movies. Um, it's officially rated PG-13, which of course it is. People are angry and surprised by that, but it was always going to be rated PG-13. I don't think there was really a realm in which it was going to be rated R. And I don't think it has to be. I know, Brandon, we've debated this a lot over the years, especially talking about Deadpool and what needs to be rated R and what doesn't. I think you can be violent with stuff as weird as Venom and without showing blood and guts and stuff, and it's fine because you have symbiotic nonsense. More importantly for this movie is that it's weird, and you can be as weird as you want to and still be PG-13, and the trailer seems to embrace that. So, you know... I don't think anyone was realistically expecting it to be rated R, but it's officially not. So we can kind of get all that speculation. Like tentacle tongue down a dude's throat to kill him in the trailer. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't need the Suicide Squad violence for a movie to be good. I love the Suicide Squad. The violence is not the reason I love the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. So I think Venom Let There Be Carnage could be just fine with PG thirteen. Matt has a Matt. Matt's looking like he's got he's (laughs) marinating some thoughts over there. What? <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like, number one, I feel like if you want a Venom 3, PG-13 is your best bet. Yeah. Yes. Because it needs to make money at the box office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And an R rating has shown that it is, makes it 10 times harder to do that um, for a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard. So I feel like doing this opens that up. It's smart for them to do it. I, I know there was a push. Because it's the it comes with the character. I get it. You've seen some of the comics. Venom does some screwed up stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yes, there is an extra level they could take it. But I agree. I think they're working at it as well as they can. I mean, there's some screwed up stuff that you know happens in the first. There, one there's and, a, there's and a thing the, in, the, in the ratings you'll see sometimes. This is cartoon violence. I don't yeah. think that's what this is going to be. But it's that mindset of like this is really violent and crazy, but not in a realistic way. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's just so ridiculous. It's it's not, you know, King Shark pulling someone apart and you see their intestines right. in yeah. the sunlight. Like it's just it's a, a tentacle going down a throat. Right? It's weird. It's a, it's a little yeah. just the, just the hair of the ridiculous injected. I'm a, I'm okay with that. And I mean, I agree with Charlie in that respect. I'm actually more pumped for this movie than I am Spider-Man. Andy Serkis <laughs> so. is a weird man. If you ever watch the the Jungle Book movie on it's called Mowgli on Netflix, Anyone who's who's remotely interested in Venom, go watch Mowgli on Netflix. It's it's a it's a live action CGI Jungle Book style movie. It's a, it's the Jungle Book story about Mowgli, but it's so much darker and weirder than the Jungle Book you think about. Mm-hmm. And there is a scene where a show. small. It is one of the most disturbing things I've seen in like a family movie. It's so creepy and weird, it, it, and it catches you so off guard. And it's that moment that I'm like, oh yeah, Andy Circus can do Venom just fine. Because he he understands getting dark without going too far. This is the second show where Charlie has plugged Mowgli. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Where else did I plug Mowgli? Wow. I swear you did it on Combination at one point. I, I, I guess talking about Venom. Like lives I like Andy Serkis. I don't, and I don't even like Mowgli that much. It's just such a weird thing that makes me excited for what Andy Serkis is going to do with this. Speaking of Comic Book Nation, there's a comment on our YouTube comment section during the live show uh, that is asking if we are going to talk about DC Fandom. There will be lots of chatter about DC fandom on the Comic Book Nation podcast, which airs every Friday. Matthew Aguilar is on that show. He's a regular there. Uh, and they will have you fully covered. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of it here on Phase Zero uh, because I am I am really excited about some of the upcoming DC movies. And that is going to be a big day. It was one of the biggest days of the year last year. DC fandom is going to be huge this year. Uh, and I, I, I believe that they didn't show a lot at CinemaCon, Warner Brothers, I mean, because they're saving a lot of it for... DC fandom, and that's really exciting. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about a new thing from Marvel that is available on Disney Plus, some Shang Chi stuff, and then we're going to dive into What If Episode Four and full spoilers. We're saving that for the end in case you haven't watched yet. See you in a minute. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, episode 34. If you're just joining us, if you somehow missed the biggest announcement of all time, Simu Liu is live on the show next week, and we are hyped about it. We are going to have a bonus episode diving into Shang-Chi this Friday, timing TBD. I don't know. I'm figuring that out yet. Haven't gotten that far. It's been a busy couple of days. And we had breaking news during the podcast that I forgot to mention during our debate, which was very relevant to our debate. Comicbook.com's Adam Barnhart, who's apparently best friends with Charlie Cox, I don't know how they talk so often. I think they uh, hang out at each other's family dinner parties and stuff. Got got Charlie Cox to comment on the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. And he said exclusively to comicbook.com's Adam Barnhart, 
Those are definitely not my forearms. And everybody knows what forearms I'm talking about. Uh, the the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer had the shot of Peter Parker in a police station. Peter Parker in a police station. Peter Parker in a police station. So that's <laughs> and there are forearms throwing a book down or a set of files down onto the table. We don't see who it is. All of us believe it's Matt Murdock. I choose to still believe it is Matt Murdock because Charlie Cox has previously said uh, that he's not a part of these things when, in fact, Charlie, we know you're back. Okay. Listen, <laughs> look at me. I'm I will camera. say that when you watch that guy walk into that room, he has no walking stick or aid whatsoever. Yeah. And the Hulk went running through the forest in Wakanda. That is true. I know. I, yeah. I know. It's, it's Marvel. So it's all relative. I'm just saying. Also, I'm like anyone saying. who isn't Alfred Molina basically knows to lie if they are asked about a project true. that hasn't come out yet. In the Alfred movie. Molina and JB Smoove. Exactly. So yeah, like, how, is, how is Ethan Hawke talking so much about yeah, Moon Knight? I saw your tweet about that. Yeah. He just just like I'm, I'm expecting when, when you're when you're character. He's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> when you're Ethan Hawke or, or Alfred Molina or JB Smoove, you can do whatever you want and it's fine. They will so, kill your family. I do want to say that it doesn't look like Charlie. Charlie, I don't care about his forearms. That does not look like Charlie Cox's tummy. I will just when you I've see him lean over a deep analysis. There's too much on Charlie Cox. I think that Charlie Cox is a smaller person than the person that is doing his that. Hands, That's all I'm saying. His tummy, <laughs> his his forearms. Arms are a little hairier. We are crazy people. We are yeah. crazy. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, in, anticipation, in, in anticipation of Shang-Chi hitting theaters this weekend, Disney Plus has re-released the one-shot film All Hail the King um, to kind of give people an easier way to understand what is going on with the Mandarin. Um, so I guess the question to the group is like, this this retcon feels like incredibly smooth and seamless of just the way that they are just like, all right, this is just what it is. Like watch the short film, go watch Shang-Chi. Just everything is what it is. Like, are we just accepting the fact that this is how they're approaching that? Like, what does everyone think about the retcon and all of that? Brandon, go ahead. Uh, I think it's super smooth. I mean, like it's very rare that you see Marvel be reactive to fans, but I remember when All Hail the King came out, and there was the backlash about Iron Man 3, which a lot of people have voiced their support for. And I think it has aged better. I think people who were angry at first have since become, you know, more open to the idea of Trevor Slattery being a fun character. Charlie Ridge. I mean, myself included, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that camp for sure. I was pissed when I saw the movie. I was, lie. I was pissed. I was like, yeah, the Mandarin's like one of Iron Man's best villains in comics. How do they just neuter this guy like this? Like, what's going on here? And then over time, it was like, you know what? It works for the movie. Same way, I think Taskmaster worked for the movie uh, in Black Widow, which I actually have more of a gripe now over time towards the Taskmaster twist than I do having like having removed myself from Black Widow than I do about the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3. But it's, it's just interesting to see them do this, and it's working really well. Um, I, I've seen Shang-Chi, and I've, I, I, I love what they did, and I, I do believe that's an opinion that is just going to stay. I don't think in time, I'm seeing the movie for the third time tomorrow night, and I don't think that's something that's going to change over time. I think that's going to be one that just ages well. And I think that they did a really good job of, of organically making this story work. And they did it. They could have done it or they could have not. And it would have been fine. And they're doing it. So, uh, Charlie, you, you, you've it's grown on you and they're changing it. So what do you think? I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen Chi, So I don't really know what is to be wrecked. I mean, we know Trevor Slattery exists and he's in this movie so i don't really it's hard to kind of comment on where 
the retcon falls and how I feel about it because I don't really know what they do with him other than what I what I saw already 10 years ago. Nothing to me has changed yet. Sorry, guys. I just got a text from E Harmony asking me to join. That was really. <laughs> oh, I, was I, I, I know that's what I thought too. <laughs> you like, you yeah. summoned me. <laughs> Last time I got. Wow. I'm so sorry. No, that's, I'm, I'm not interested, by the way. But uh, the last I time I got a call or, or a text from a number that I wasn't familiar with, it was a really, it made for a really great clip live on the show. So yeah. I checked it. This time, oh not so much. Um, sorry. So I, I, I want to give Matt a chance to weigh in on this too. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm kind of in, Char- in Charlie's camp as far as like, I, I haven't seen the movie yet. So like, I don't know how to assess that. What I will say is I don't like Iron Man 3 has nothing to do with the Mandarin twist. I just think that movie's trash. So I've never liked that movie. <laughs> I've never wow. liked it. Uh, and that was the thing that bothered me the least. So like the fact that it always was weird. It always was odd that you would play such a huge villain as a joke um, without some kind of backup plan to m- eventually turn that character into an actual credible threat. So I'm actually glad that, you know, they're, they're doing things with the character um because i always thought that was kind of odd i mean iron man doesn't have very many like kind of a-list villains and even the mandarin is he's not an a-list questionable hero. right he's he's question well okay he is now he was yeah, not now. then he was right. not back then yeah uh, you know right. when the mcu started uh so, you've but, got like, dark iron fair, man none of the avengers really bird worked. guy um and right. super racist caricature so from but Asia. i just think to take that character and make it a complete kind of just for a laugh was odd that that was an odd choice uh but i'm fine with doing i think it was for marvel i think for shane for a shane black movie right it super fit but i wasn't going to see a shane black movie. i was going to see a a marvel you know what i mean like uh, there's half the people there most of the people there are going to see an iron man movie right right. i'm just saying yeah i'm just saying the the approach kind of you know can alter that expectation sometimes depending on how or why you're watching a movie but i agree with you all right we got one more bit of news here that we're going to talk about before we talk about what if episode four. So if you haven't watched episode four yet, you're still in a safe space. Uh, Shang-Chi, I, I, I had the chance to interview the cast and the director and the producers, uh, which you can find on the comicbook.com YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody who has uh, already watched those and left, you know, really fun comments. I really, I, I unfortunately read the comments, which I know I shouldn't, but these ones have been positive. So I appreciate y'all. Uh, and so it seems like they really clearly have sequel plans in place. And when you see the movie, which I, I've just, I'm sure most people who listen to Phase Zero are going to try to see Shang-Chi this weekend. Uh, but you'll get a really clear picture that there is sequel ideas. And they're like, I just feel like Simu Liu was immediately thrust into a becoming a workhorse of an actor for the MCU. Like his next appearance seems very imminent. Uh, and the, the uh, Shang-Chi sequel seems just inevitable. Uh, so it's, it's really fun. I mean, I asked uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, was there any deleted scenes or, or anything you wanted to put in this movie that you didn't get a chance to? And his answer was yes, but I can't say what it is because I want to do it in the next one. So that's already a sign that, that he's planning on doing another one. Um, I asked him straight up, are you going to do Shang-Chi too? And he said, I hope so. You know, they can't say yet. I'm sure probably by Monday they will announce a sequel. You know, the, how those things go. The way the Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended in the same day, they were like, Captain America 4, deadline. Uh, Feige, I asked Feige how confident he is that we're going to see more of these characters because I truly believe the characters in Shang-Chi could have been just as interesting 
their world could have been just as interesting to explore, even if it was not set to the backdrop of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think this is a case where the characters really stand on their own better than most characters so far that have had origin stories since phase two and beyond. I think that they can hold their own really well. Um, and Feige's confident and he says he's always a little bit nervous when they do something like this, but he's also confident. I think he's just, you know, he knows it's Marvel. We're going to make a sequel no matter what. Uh, Razor Fist actor Florian Montiano already wants to fight Wolverine. RIP Razor Fist, apparently. And I have a question. I want Matt to do this because he knows the most about Marvel comics of all of us here. Um, Agents of Atlas. That could be like, we've had several characters that are part of Agents of Atlas already in the MCU. Shang-Chi is another one of them now debuting this Friday. Is that something that you like? Is there any stories there that you want to see there? Or like, is like, cause Agents of Atlas isn't like a, that's not an A-list group. You know what I mean? The same way Iron Man wasn't an A-list group before he was in movies, right. but it's, a, they have enough. Right. I, man, it's, it's so hard though to talk. Okay. Number one, what I love to, yes, I don't know. We're probably talking like, I mean, if you look at it, it's phase four, right? And we haven't even got like champions yet. We don't have, we don't even have the new Avengers all the way. You know what I mean? So like it, this would be probably a little bit further down the line. Cause there are a lot of newer characters as part of that group that like are relatively recent, even in the comics. Um, but there's a lot of really cool characters in that mix. I will say though, like most of that group really revolves around Amadeus Cho who I love, I know it's divisive, like whether people love that Amadeus Cho version of Hulk. Yeah, I'm totally uh, down to see Amadeus Cho in the MCU. I mean, Amadeus Cho's comic had Jeremy Lin in it. I can't not love it. Right, like there's so <laughs> much, that character, by the way, I feel like if we're talking like we're, we're looking at Hawkeye being the thing that kind of like passed the torch, right, to Kate Bishop, who I adore. So like, I'll be excited for Hawkeye now. But like, this could be a same thing, right? Mark Ruffalo ever wants to kind of, you know, segue out and just do guest appearances, you know, the world needs a Hulk, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I'd be, I love Amadeus Cho. I think he's a perfect fit for the MCU just in tone. And he's become a, a central part of the, of Atlas. And so if you use that to kind of build around, I'd be, I'd be down for that. And then you also have Shang-Chi, right? Like you, there's, you, you're starting to have the pieces there, but it's going to be a minute, but I am down for that. Cause I think there's some really interesting stories you can tell. There was actually one that was in a recent, arc they actually did a really fun thing where um this like tech company made made technology where like you could walk like if i were to walk out my door there would be a portal there and i would walk straight into new york and then that was connected to like like uh tokyo and then that was connected to like egypt like they made this technology where you could like just tour the world in a matter of minutes and like then it kind of became its own society there's some really interesting ideas there i think would be fun to explore later on um but yeah i'm i'm down for it. long-winded answer yes i'm down for it i'm it proud in. of you I pulled I, it um, i'm sorry part of the reason part of the thing that made me think that which was just pointed out in the comments by ryan reflects is that it would be cool to see jimmy woo set up the agents of atlas and after everybody fell in love with randall park uh really hard in wandavision I think that that would be fun. Also, I want to say the the Spider-Man ride at Avengers Campus, which is full of MCU Easter eggs. It's an alternate universe, so it doesn't really count. There was a locker right next to P. Parker and several other characters from the MCU Spider-Man movies and several just comic characters. One of them said, hey, Cho. So maybe they are uh, having some fun with it. Boom, son! <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh, so the I- last thing I want to shout about Shang-Chi before we um, move on to What If... Is a, I think this is such a cool story. So 
Uh, Manger Zhang, who plays uh, Zhu Jialing in Shang-Chi, the way she puts it is, is this quote is she was cast single and wrapped married. She met her husband on the set of Shang-Chi and they got married during like the pandemic and the production and all this. They fit like, I think that's so cool. I don't know if that's ever happened on a Marvel movie or any movie before. It probably has. I know actors and stuff, you know, they, they have scenes and they, you know, you know, but this is, this guy is young Lee. Her husband now is the action designer on the film. And so they, they had a quiet little marriage uh, they, ceremony Everybody found out. Simuli Yu threw them a party at Disneyland. Aquafina booked a, a, a venue, and they had a whole karaoke party. Aww. And I think that's awesome. I think that's I awesome. just wanted to say I think that's a cool story. Yay for love! I know the whole MCU like they really embrace the idea of being a family. It really feels like everything I've seen so far with this Shang Chi cast and crew, like partly because of what this what this movie is for you know the asian community and part of because of the pandemic and how it was filmed and stuff like it's so cool how incredibly tight knit tight knit they all feel like it really has more of a family vibe than so many things that we've seen yeah. from franchises like this uh, mm-hmm. i agree comment section love the yay for love matt <laughs> <laughs> of all it, the things i say that's, <laughs> that's the one that gets them riled up yay for love uh, all right, let's move along. We're going to go full spoilers now from this point forward. And we are talking about what if episode four, we have uh, about 12 minutes to do so because a few people have hard outs here. Uh, but if you want to talk more, hashtag phase zero at phase zero CB and all of our handles are right here on the screen. If you're listening to us in podcast form, should watch live reactions. We're going to go around the horn. Matt, you got, you got the short straw. You're at the top of the screen. Oh, what did yeah. you think of this Dr. Strange episode? Oh man, I didn't even realize I was rotating. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, yeah, I look. I've been a little uh, not so high. I love Captain Carter, and then for me, it's been kind of like I I did not like the second episode. It's been kind of a roller coaster. I, I liked the last episode. To me, this episode is probably the best episode of the series so far. I this is like feels like a what if. This feels like a what if from the comics where we spend a little time recapping and then you see the twist and then it really leaps into its own story. It feels like something different. Those are the most fun. What if comics that translates to this. And there was actually some fun little twists in there. It got emotional. It was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. I dug it. I mean, I feel like Janelle's going to lose her mind over this episode. because She's such a Dr. Strange fan, but yeah, I, I, I dug it. I, I dug this a lot. Charlie, you're up. What was that that uh, in Deadpool? Where he's like, "You must be from the DC universe. You're so dark." Like this was so devastating, and I, I like that about it. I really, really enjoyed that it was dark because I think Doctor Strange is kind of a tragic character, and we don't see that as much sometimes. You know, a, a couple of recent runs in the comics have really dove into how tragic he really is, and and you know. Now we get to see what he would do for someone that's not himself. Like we've seen him be selfish and, and this kind of makes him a cooler character or a, a more, not wholesome, but a, a, a more well-rounded character in the sense that like, oh, he would do anything for someone he loves, but also a more frustrating character because he will go to such dangerous lengths and, and cast aside anything that he believes in for one specific thing. Cause he really, it can be so like, he can get tunnel vision real bad. And, um, I really liked seeing this downfall for him and uh, obviously not even, I like what we have at the MCU. I like seeing this alternate you know, version of it, but uh, I think there are a lot of implications for what this could mean 
and that was part of what I really enjoyed digging into. And I'm going to wait until after you and Jenna talk to Brandon to dive a little more into what this could mean. But part of the fun for me was after dealing with all of like this heartbreak this morning is watching or it, you know, how this could piece together and what it could do for multiverse madness or potentially no way home. Like, I think there's maybe some clues for other things from this episode. Uh, but all in all, I, I, I actually, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Jenna. I, I liked this episode a lot. I, I do think I liked episode two and three a little bit more. It's funny because I was talking with Charlie before we started recording and you would have expected the murder mystery episode to be the darkest, most like depressing one. But this one was emotionally heavier, like just sitting through it and getting to the end. I almost started like I chuckled when the credits started rolling at the moment that they did because it was like, oh, wow, you're really just going for this. But um, I thought the action sequences were really well executed. I think this is the most I've liked the animation style it felt it felt like marvel doing a disney movie like it, it felt like old school disney animation in a way that i feel like for some reason the other episodes really didn't and i find it really interesting that this is our second episode in a row that has basically shown like this side female character is more important than you think because we had hope and her death kind of setting off the action of the murder mystery and then now we have christine being at the center of all of this so i think it's kind of cool that like we're, we're dealing with like women in refrigerators, but we're dealing with it in a way yeah. that is kind of like proving the point of how, ne how ne or, ah, how important they are for the main universe. So I think I, I agree with everything that all of you have said. I thought that, well, except for Matt, episode one was my <laughs> least favorite by far. Um, I think they've gotten better as they go. They go in episode four, maybe better than episode three. It's close for me. Uh, but Overall, I mean, this episode was just, it was just relentlessly heavy, uh, which works. And I think that uh, it's a good sign that this, it's, 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 it's another step that shows me, I think that this what if show is going to have a, a role in the future of the live action MCU. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just, it was interesting. I, I mean, I, I, I haven't bought into what if as much as the other shows. And I don't know if it's because it's animated or because it's all, it's these alternate universes where, the stakes aren't omnipresent because anything can happen and it really doesn't affect the grander world. Uh, they're kind of just snackable entertainment. And I, maybe I just don't get as invested as a result. Uh, but I think maybe towards the end when they do start to show you that this is a thing that has overarching stakes, it'll become more interesting, but overall so far, I'm very um, not, ju I'm just not as urgent. I don't feel such an urgency to watch them as I did with the other shows and, uh, but I'm enjoying it. It's it's fun stories that we wouldn't get to see otherwise. So, like, I don't know that if this was a live action thing that I would be as into it, be more into it, uh, or if it was a different animation style, would I be more into it? I, I I just I think that the the removal of stakes because of the multiverse of it all makes it a little bit less pressing and 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 important to me. I guess is the way to put it. But it's still fun entertainment to watch and it's fun to dissect and talk about this. And that's actually where we're going to go is the fact that this might be tied right in. To the MCU, like, it, 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 the first thing I want to do is talk about a parallel because we saw Strange take all these powers from other sorcerers. That's what we saw Baron Mordo doing. So it, this might have been our first look at, like, what Mordo has been up to since the first Doctor Strange movie, which was forever ago. Like, that dude must be hella powerful by now. Right? What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I feel like there's like there's definitely going to be some sort of crossover there. Like I hadn't even really picked up on that, but I think you're absolutely right. Like I 
I'm just so curious to see how this feeds into multiverse just on a broader level. Cause I know like Charlie and I were talking earlier and it's like, it would not be surprising if this alternate Dr. Strange showed up in multiverse of madness or in no way home or something. So it feels as much as what, like I agree with what you were saying earlier of how disconnected this feels from the main driving force of the MCU. I feel like we might get to a point where it does become more significant. We're just not quite there yet. Anybody else want to weigh in on that before we move on? I mean, I, I think that the Mordo thing is, is a, the right train of thought. And I think that he's, he knows how to do that. And I look at this episode and what I said to Jenna, you know, before, I think that this could be potentially the villain of multiverse of madness. You know, there's been the reports of Shumagarath who I think could or could not be involved, but there was no casting of any kind of villain. So, you know, Shumagarath is probably a big CGI thing, but you know, that set was kept really locked down and maybe because the villain is Dr. Strange, you know, if we have, you can easily have multiple Dr. Strange characters in the same movie, both played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And this kind of gives you a version of that. And he could have, you know, found Baron Mordo and learned, you know, through tragedy, how to take these powers or whatever. I think it, it gives you some cool insight as to what Strange could do next specifically in that movie. And that could also lead into the, all the theories regarding no way home about what, which Dr. Strange was in the trailer. And, you know, part of me thinks, Oh yeah. Like Dr. Strange just can kind of be a turd. And this, that's fine. I, I had to go through like 17 different words, but I can't say that. Can't say that. Can't say that. <laughs> Landed on turd. So butthole, I guess is a better term. Um, <laughs> Starfish. Was acting like a butthole. Yeah. And uh, I just, I think that could be in character and make sense. I could also see that being an alternate version of that. And we see what the darkness that this Dr. Strange went to. If we're going to really open up a multiverse, like there is potential to see Cumberbatch and Cumberbatch, like a very dark version against the one that the heroic one that we know from the MCU. Um, and it just, if they're even going to go there at all, like this, they could literally just never connect anything to what if, and it would be fine. But they've really made a point. It seems to say like, no, this is Canon. So I, I gotta think that at some point that's going to come into play. And Dr. Strange seems like the, the easiest way to do that. And it makes the most sense, you know, more so than somehow bringing in agent or Captain Carter as cool as that would be, or, you know, we can't see it's a child of star Lord, but this with the multiverse, like has opportunity. Oh man, please wow. bring in Captain. I mean, that had to be Shumagorath, right? Wait, what'd you say? Please bring in Captain Carter. I love Captain Carter. Oh, I, I love that. I would love uh, that. But I, but I think actually that like I, I hope I understand it, and it makes sense that like this stuff is canon, and I f- do feel like the MCU will acknowledge things that happen. Like, oh, hey, you know, in one universe, like you destroyed the world. Like, I think in that respect, like it's it's canon, and they'll refer to it. I don't necessarily think because I think if because we're talking about the similar concepts with Baron Mordo you rob him of that uniqueness. If you then just make Dr. Strange do the same thing. Like that's what, that's why that whole plot line, even as weird and forced as it was, because it felt <laughs> like it took place within 20 minutes. <laughs> it was like, Hey, like he's going after all these people. And then we're going to like port that cool factor to Dr. Strange. I feel like that chips him. I hope that they don't actually do that. I was just happy to see, like, I do feel like we're on the same concept. I mean, there's been things in the comics where, and Shuma has been a part of that where like, you know, people eat <laughs> mystics and sorcerers and they absorb their power through that. I mean, they're essentially like mystical cannibals and that's creepy and weird, but like, I'm actually glad that they like absorb them through this whole method of like, Hey, 
come into my eyes and <laughs> like let me absorb you. That was I thought that was better executed than the other. So Look into my it reminds me of that old uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony song. Look into my eyes. Man, that's good. I'm not gonna so, sing it because I don't know if we can afford that license. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on like the Batman and Robin soundtrack, maybe. Uh-huh. On something. Anyway. They the 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 I forget who said it, one of the creative people on the show, writer, director, um, somebody involved said that the, the tentacle thing that we saw in the first episode was an obelisk, like the first Guardians, but like that's Shumagorath, right? It has to be. I, now that I we've seen like, it twice, it's exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, like it why would they not something. just show the whole thing? Yeah. Like there's a reason why they're being kind of coy with that. I mean, wants, it's weird. Like, typically, he's not that big. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like most times when he's been depicted in the comics. Now, occasionally, yes, but like, we're not MCU talking Starro. Starro level. Like, we're not talking Starro size. <laughs> right. Like, Shuma has never been that, really. Mm-hmm. Aside right, from can just you, like, for for the for the folks here on Phase Zero, who uh, we have a lot of movie fans who haven't read comics, can you give us a crash course very quickly uh, oh on who Shuma Gorath is and why? So many of us think he's going to be in Doctor Strange. Um, okay, so um, let's just, I just make it because I'm not going to be the long-winded one here. I will <laughs> say uh, it's just an, it's an ancient being slash creature that is very much sentient and has been able to um, affect, has a very, man, this is, it's, it's one of those, like, I remember trying to explain cable in the office one day <laughs> oh my god i remember that you remember that conversation and that went terribly oh. wrong because it's like okay anyway he's just a, that went he's to just some a places, mystical man. i mean honestly it's funny i mentioned starro there's actually some some carryover <laughs> some similarities there uh he is able to take control of people kind of in that same fashion uh, he can also like a death stroke deadpool situation ways. yes it, there is some of that um pieces of him have been used to access power there's some of that like but he's just really like you know uh honestly a lot of times he's kind of used as a MacGuffin. you know it's like hey we need uh some ancient powerful thing to power this thing uh shuma <laughs> and he's creepy and weird and he has tentacles like that's that's kind of how he's been used there's a lot more to that but like that's really a simple explanation here. And I, and I think honestly, the MC will kind of take little bitty pieces and run with it because you don't really need to like bring all the baggage. Like I think actually they'll do a good job here. I do. I think that is him. He is bigger than he's really been a lot of times, but he has like gnarly teeth, a giant eye, you know, like there's, I think I, that could be him and they'll give him an MCU makeover. This multiversal cyclop cycloptic magical squid. Yeah, I, I, yep. I do want to say real quick just before we wrap up with this that there's one thing I've seen a lot on the internet today and someone just brought up in the comments I think Alex Cosman in the comments just said the Watcher is so evil There's we can't talk about this episode without talking about the Watcher just ignoring Doctor Strange in his call for help I just want to point out like that's that's what the Watcher does that's his whole job is to not interfere he's talked about that in the show and in the comics his whole thing like Mm -hmm. yeah he watches you can't be mad at him for watching but i do want to say the the amount of cares that he did not give um (laughs) there and and the way in which he was like nah sorry pal um a theory that i've I've really been thinking about in the mcu is if this version of awatu is a variant of of nick fury as we know in the comments or in the comics nick fury becomes the watcher 
at one point he kills the watcher and becomes the watcher. Bruh. I just I just file that away is all I'm saying. I just I'm always Bruh. Oh my god. So I'm, just, said, I'm just saying it. Someone said I, he's not this episode more than any, there was one last that. week where his one he had one eye and it faded into Nick Fury in a transition. I was like, huh. I was already thinking about that, but now you're kind of on my mind. And then just the way that he's like, I don't care, dude. I just he he is so much same like Sam Jackson Fury to his attitude. I love it. He said like and four just, words in this whole. I know. I'm, I'm just like saying four words. It's from the comics. It's not just me being crazy. He didn't like look it's at from the comics and be like, I've had it with these tentacles on this <laughs> motherfucking universe. It was not even talked. Say, it was, was the reaction. You don't bring in Jeffrey Wright to do a Samuel L. Jackson adjacent character. You bring in Jeffrey Wright to be right. his. Own I'm, I'm not saying me. I mean, you don't bring in Sophia DiMartino you to are reaching for to, uh, yeah. to be a Tom Hiddleston adjacent she's her own character listen i'm just saying yeah and this is why we bring charlie on the show <laughs> it, it's in the comics it's an actual thing in I the know. comics the watcher the is unseen, nick fury yes the unseen was yes it is a thing he killed the watcher and you know gouged <laughs> out the eye and i'm not saying i think it's happening i just like i'm very interested to see if it like, i'm this is it. all a very roundabout way to say Mephisto confirmed. That's today's show. Thank you so much for coming to Phase Zero. We got to wrap it up uh, on behalf of Charlie Ridgely, Jenna Anderson, Matthew Aguilar, and myself, Brandon Davis. We are thrilled that all of you have supported the show to the point that we are able to get Simuli U live on the program next week. I'm going to see if we can get some of your questions in, maybe bring in some people live. I have no promises that I can make yet. I have to get permission. I have to get all that stuff figured out. But on the day one of this show, I said I wanted to get you guys uh, to meet some of the Marvel family to interact. And hopefully we're able to do that with Sumu next week. Uh, we're tremendously grateful for him coming on. We, we want to have a great show with him and provide something for all of you to really enjoy. Uh, please continue to share our show, continue to comment, tweet all that stuff, because that is how we're able to make things like next week possible. And we hope you go see Shang-Chi this week. If you hate it, if you love it, share your opinion. Uh, if you hate it, be a little bit quieter than everybody else though. And <laughs> We will have a bonus episode available on Friday on all major podcast platforms. Have a great weekend. Happy Shang-Chi release, and we'll see you there. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.